time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. So much for us to talk about. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right, let's start with this whole museum situation. Uh, we had Melanie Mark on the show yesterday, and she referred a couple of times to having the business plan for yeah. this situation, but we haven't really seen it, have we? Yeah, well, you know, when I, I of course, listened, and because uh, uh, the minister was there on Friday, uh, there was no business plan given to the news media on Friday by way of justification for this billion-dollar plan. But I thought, wow, the minister has a business plan, and so it's not like this thing is a stab in the dark. So I asked the ministry for the plan, and I got a lovely note back from them saying uh, they're not releasing it at the moment because, uh, well, let's see. It is being reviewed for proactive disclosure. Now, that does remind me of something. Last August, they announced that they were going with an eight-lane tunnel to replace the Massey Tunnel. And they said they had a business plan that showed that it was the right call over a bridge. So we asked for that one. And, oh, that one was being vetted as well, Simi. And oh. when the government is vetting something, they're not putting stuff in the report. They're taking it out for <laughs> all kinds of reasons. And sure enough, when we finally got the business plan for the Massey replacement last November, anything in it that would have explained that the government was right that a tunnel was cheaper than a bridge and better was removed from the report. So I'm guessing that this business plan, when we finally get it, will be useless. That's just my guess. But there you go. Uh, that the government's record, uh, that not for nothing was this government named the most secretive in Canada. So right. I don't think we're ever going to get uh, a, a decent business plan. I'm so disappointed by this, Vaughn, because yeah. as I've told you many times and, and I've said on the show, I mean, I support the idea of yeah. updating the museum and building a, like a great tourist attraction and something that people will love to go and visit. I support all of that. Yeah. I hate that it has turned into this political football because of the way it's been handled. Yeah. Well, you asked another really good question yesterday, and that was when you asked the minister, you got into the, why is it eight years? And you said, okay, so have you got a design for the replacement uh, so that you know what yeah. the next museum is going to look like, right? And, and not, So not just a business plan, but like a design for the whole site. And she said, oh, no, 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 we're working on that, right? So then the obvious follow-up is, why don't you keep the museum yes. open until you know what you're going to replace it with? There's a job that needs to be done, which is removing the archive, which is the part that's below sea level and that might flood, and moving all that stuff out to Colwood, which is happening, right? So you could do that for the next two or three years, which is how long that's going to take, keep the museum open until exactly. you finish these public consultations, and uh, get all that done, and then present the public with, hey, here's what the new museum is going to look like. You know, the rush to get the museum closed uh, in September. I don't understand it. It, The only thing, you know, there's kind of a nastiness in this. There is a, uh, a, a thing that came out when the premier spoke to reporters on Friday. You know, he said, oh, yeah, the museum, that's where I send people I don't like, <laughs> I don't want to see. Yeah, what was that all about? They come to visit me, and I went, like, 
excuse me. And then he said, well, you know, the place is kind of boring and everything. There's, there's a funny response here in Victoria to all that this morning. So the Victoria Times Colonist, my hometown newspaper, um, has a, a bunch of letters today from Victorians complaining about this, uh, calling, you know, the Vanity Project line, we didn't need this, nobody asked for this, why is it a billion dollars, why are you closing the museum for eight years? And the paper, <laughs> the paper says they'd like to hear from some people who think it's a good idea, because they didn't get any letters on that. Um, but the funny thing about this is, on Friday, the Premier complained to the columnist my colleague, Les Lane at the Times Colonist, he complained that the Times Colonist had gotten it wrong and run too many letters in defense of the Old Town uh, exhibit at the museum, which they closed last December. So the TC's huh. response is, uh, actually, Premier, we're running a whole bunch of letters saying, this, right. you got this wrong, too. So it, it like, this is the NDP's huh. doorstep here. Yeah. Victoria is an NDP town. Uh, it amazes me, Simi, when people get into office, they lose touch yeah. with the public that put them there. What I also don't understand about this whole process is if you left the museum open longer than Labor Day, you could engage the people who love the museum in helping to participate in what the next one will look like. So oh, get agree. the people yeah. who come in to say, hey, here's our, do the consultation process at the museum. Yeah. Yeah. And then people will feel like they have a say. It just every step of the way, it feels yeah. like this has been mishandled. Yeah. And you know, one of the most interesting responses came from Adam Olson, the Green member for Saanich. So he has the one seat in the capital region that's not NDP. It's Green. And Olson is, of course, a First Nations leader himself. And he looked at this issue that replacing the museum and updating the history in it is part of reconciliation with First Nations, which it is. But Olson said, the essence of re reconciliation is you have to bring the public along with you. He said almost exactly the same thing as the liberal leader, Kevin Falcon, said. Nobody asked for this. No one understands why you're spending a billion dollars when there are a lot of other priorities. And he says the whole thing is a slow motion wreck. And yeah. I think Olson is right. I mean, there are new Democrats out there, you know, who are going, oh, well, yeah, no, it's Kevin Falcon. And he's the, you know, of course, he's playing politics with it. Gee, the opposition leader playing politics. Who ever heard of that? <laughs> but the, the really, as I said, apart from Falcon's criticisms, some of which are valid, I look at Olson and I go, you know, like if you ha if one of the First Nations leaders in the House isn't buying this as a good way to go, um, what exactly do you think you're doing? Right, and then you had Kevin Falcon also saying that he'll cancel this if he wins election. Yeah. So he says he'll cancel it, and of course the follow-up question was, um, well, what if it's underway uh, when the next election rolls around in October 2024? And he said, I've been watching this government in office, and I am confident they won't have started construction. They haven't started consultations. They haven't started. Uh, they haven't got a business plan that they're prepared to share with anybody. They haven't got a design. Uh, I think he's probably right about that. We remember the eight-year timeline uh, on the replacement of the Massey Tunnel. Yeah. It won't be started when the election rolls around. So I think that's a good guess. And, Simi, that is also the problem with the billion dollars. No business plan, no design, no date for start of construction. They don't even have a name. 
that billion dollars is a guess. Yeah. And Falcon said, you go out into the market today to build something costing a billion dollars, and you haven't even called tenders on it yet, you're going to find there's a shortage of construction labor out there, a shortage of materials, and your billion dollars may come back as a billion dollars and a half. I, again, I just do not understand this. So there's a thing now, now that it has kind of opened the floodgates of this turning into a political issue, there's probably more to come on this, right? Clearly, the opposition scored some points on this yesterday. Oh, very much so. You know, it was day one for the leader of the opposition. And, uh, you know, you expected he was going to come in uh, with a whole bunch of issues. The interesting thing is he seized on something that the government had dumped in his lap on Friday, a, a half-baked billion-dollar plan to replace the provincial museum that nobody asked for and that caught the capital region by surprise. And of course, the anger issue here that is just building is people haven't quite wakened up yet to the fact that the museum is closing forever after the Labor Day weekend, and there won't be a museum for eight years. Hmm. I mean, that is still being digested here in the capital. It's not just a tourism attraction. It's a beloved institution here in the capital. And the government has no good explanation for why they're doing it this way. Hey, they announced it on a Friday afternoon. You know why governments announce stuff on Friday afternoon, because they're hoping they don't get a lot of attention, because it's half-baked. Speaking of announcing things in the legislature, I heard you were quite the topic in the legislature yesterday. Yes, very nice. Uh, The premier got up and announced the birth of uh, a grandchild. Uh, Everyone's congratulating me on this, Simi. As you know, I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) I had had little enough to do with the birth of my daughter 35 years ago, but with your grandchild, it's just, it's wonderful to be congratulated for something where you were just an innocent bystander. So, but my wife, Dale, points out that I've been upgraded. So when, when my daughter, Elise, was born, our daughter, Elise, was born, uh, 35 years ago, the news was announced to the legislature by the then finance minister. So I've now been upgraded. The birth nice. notice was given by the premier <laughs> yesterday, which is very gracious of him, uh, and thank him very much. Although, again, Elise and Jordan Armstrong uh, of Global had far more to do with this. And uh, I'm lucky to have a modern reporter as a, grandson- as a, as a, as a son-in-law because, Simi, of course the birth of the child on Friday night was a tense time for us, but Jordan was uh, keeping us all informed, breaking news, <laughs> both sets of grandparents. I, I, I don't think any birth has ever been covered in such detail before. It was fabulous. Oh, well, I looked at the pictures. He is adorable, and I can't <laughs> wait uh, for to see you, some pictures with you and the little guy wandering around for yeah. sure. <laughs> Congratulations, anyway, Juan. Yeah, thanks. Okay,